Well, today is Pentecost. As we heard in the children's sermon, it really was a Jewish holiday that came after uh, a holiday where they were celebrating the festivals, 50 days. And it's the time that for us, for the Christian church, the Holy Spirit is given to us. It's really the day of the birth of the church. Now, we, we think about uh, the Holy Spirit, and we sometimes think that this is the day that it was given to us. But if you look at the profession of faith that you just made, well, we understand as the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have always been present. It's just that at Pentecost, we as followers of Jesus sort of found a new way to experience God, and that is through the Holy Spirit. So let me just remind you what happened at Pentecost. The day of Pentecost had come, the disciples were gathered, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they are sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who were speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of powers. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the seven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. Go, Peter goes on to give a speech, and thousands give themselves to Christ. It's the beginning of the birth of the church, and we begin to experience God through the Holy Spirit. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I told you that there are verses in Scripture that sort of just kind of stand out to you as sort of odd or sort of interesting. And I have to tell you, this is my favorite. So, Peter stands up and says, no people, they can't be drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. I find that very humorous. It's not these people are not drunk because they're followers of Jesus Christ. No, it's because it's nine o'clock in the morning. But the Holy Spirit has come and descended on these followers of Jesus, and it's the birth of our church. And you stop and you think about what you learn in Sunday school. You think about the hymns that we sing, and we sing a lot of hymns about the Father, a lot of hymns about the Son. We spend a lot of time studying about the Son and the Father. We really don't spend a whole lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit. 
I mean, the truth of it is, of the three parts of the Godhead, the triune Godhead, the Holy Spirit is probably the least talked about and the least well understood. So, so Pentecost has come, the Holy Spirit has arrived, and we say, yay! But we don't really necessarily understand how the Holy Spirit works. I mean, you know, it used to be the Holy Ghost, right? But people kind of like didn't like the idea of a ghost walking around, so it became the Holy Spirit. We don't really have this really good understanding of how the Holy Spirit works. So, so I'll give you a couple of examples. Sometimes the Holy Spirit whacks you in the head. So years ago, I was sitting at a KFC ordering fried chicken for my family. And I watched a homeless guy across the street rummaging through the garbage. And I was like, oh, that poor guy. And the Holy Spirit went, you feed him. So I bought him a combo meal and chased him down and gave him the food. So sometimes the Holy Spirit works on us just like that. Kind of whacks you in the head like your mama used to do when you were misbehaving in church. Pack! Do something about it right? Sometimes that's how the Holy Spirit works. Sometimes the Holy Spirit works in concert with things that are happening around us. So how many of you have been on a mission trip, done any sort of a mission work? Raise your hand. So I have done somewhere between 12 and 15 mission trips in my life, not just as a pastor, but as a youth. We used to go to uh, uh, Tennessee, and we'd work for some of the indigent folks in the Blue Ridge Mountains, Smoky Mountains up there. Um, I predate UM Army, so we didn't have UM Army. But I did have the occasion to go to UM Army about 12 years ago when I was serving at Lufkin. And our youth are going to UM Army this summer. And if you're a youth and you haven't done this, you need to do this. If you're an adult, you need to go and you need to be a part of this. There's lots of ways that you can serve. It's amazing. So I went, and I was a color group leader, they call it. So I had a team. I was green A. I had a team of six students, and we were assigned a house. It was barely standing up, frankly. The whole kitchen floor, the subfloor, had just rotted away. And that was part of our job was to replace that subfloor. So I had these six students. I had four, four young men and two young ladies. Each one of them was different. So I had one young man. I could say, hey, go do this, and he could do that. I had another young man that if I took a time, some time to show him how to do it, he could go get it accomplished. I had another young man that I had to just give directions all right, go cut me a two-by-four that's this length. Bring it back to me. Now go do this. Now go do that. Each one was different. Then I had one boy that I just tried to keep him busy sweeping. So um, God love him. Yeah. So bless his heart. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and I had two young girls who were awesome. I, I took about 15 or 20 minutes to show them how to do something. And these two girls replaced the entire subfloor on this house that's on pier and beams with plywood, and it was most unsquare. 
And they did a fabulous job of putting the puzzle together, and then they put linoleum down. You see, the Holy Spirit was working on these students. Each one came with a set of gifts, sort of pre-wiring, sort of how they were. And the Holy Spirit took us together in Green A and combined us to all work for our client. That's who we were concerned about. That's who we were there for was our client. Everything that we did from the time we woke up until the time we got back and took showers was for our client. The common good, if you will. And I will have to tell you, this was not unique to Green A. This same thing, this same Holy Spirit was working in Green B and Red A and Purple G or whatever else we had out there. The Holy Spirit was working in the entire camp, all for the community of God, all for our clients. One of the things that you do at UM Army is you pack a lunch. So I have kind of opening worship, some devotion, and then it's like, okay, load up. So you're loading up your stuff, and you go, and you pack a lunch. One of the things that you do is you pack a lunch for your client. And we didn't know much about our client, so the first day we packed an extra lunch for our client. And so we got there, we met her, and she had two children, three children, that were already in her home. And so um, we shared our food with them. Um, It was clear that the children were hungry, so we gave them some of our food. The next day, without any prompting, the kids of Green A packed a whole bunch of extra lunches. And so we arrived at 9 a.m. At 9.30, the client said, did you all pack some extra lunches? My daughter's kind of hungry. She hasn't eaten since lunch yesterday. And you know what happened to the kids that make up Green A? The Holy Spirit filled them with compassion. Not only did those children get a lunch at 9.30, they got a lunch at lunchtime, and they got lunch after that to keep with them as well. There's a thing called client night, and it's where the folks that we've been helping in UM Army come and have dinner, worship with us. It's amazing. The people, the students of Green A, filled with compassion for their hungry sister in Christ, made sure that our client left with all the leftovers packed up in boxes. They had food for days. And it was because the Holy Spirit filled those students with compassion. You see, the Holy Spirit equips us with skills that we're born with, things that we are given with. And there there are things like compassion that the Holy Spirit just drops on us because we're there and we're listening. Now, I tell you this long story about my UM Army experience, not because it's unique, but because it happens every single time. Every mission trip I have ever been on, the Holy Spirit shows up and does His business. 
of making us compassionate, of working for the common good, working for the advancement of the kingdom of God. The truth is, if we can get ourselves, our own agendas, our own wants, our own desires out of the way, the Holy Spirit can do amazing things. Paul writes about this in his first letter to the church at Corinth. So let me remind you that he is writing to this church in Corinth because there are some among the members of that church that think they're all that in a bag of chips. They think because they can speak in tongues that they have been somehow anointed with extra special Holy Spirit. And Paul is writing to them to correct that error. And this is what he writes. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. <coughs> now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. <coughs> to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of the tongues. All these are activated by one and same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, and so it is with Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. <coughs> so Paul goes on here to talk about his famous body analogy, that we as the body of Christ are exactly like a body, that the, the finger can't say to the ear, I don't need you, that the eye can't say to the mouth, I don't need you, that, that together we are one body. And it's true of us as a church. God has combined us all together with a variety of gifts and graces and skills and talents and passions to make us one body. In verse 4, Paul talks about this variety of gifts, which the Greek word is charisma. We have our sort of own understanding of charisma, but this is, these are gifts that we have been given. I mean, we all come out a little bit different. Some of us are extroverts, some of us are introverts, some of us are good at math, some of us are good at words. We all come with some gifts that come to us from the Holy Spirit. And then we read in verse 7 that to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. This is where the Holy Spirit comes and gives you something. Compassion, 
generosity. It's something that you can't earn. It's something that you really don't learn. The Holy Spirit comes and gives it to you, and you can embrace it or not. I mean, how, how many times do our own wants and wishes and our, the things that are on our to-do list keep us from hearing what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do? Paul is telling us in this text how God works in the life of the church. This is a perfect example of how God works in the church. Together, we make up the body of Christ. There is one God, one Spirit. And we, we are to get our own wants and desires out of the way and allow the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts, to fill our minds, to fill this sanctuary, to fill these buildings with the Holy Spirit. This church is 35 years old. And the Holy Spirit has done some amazing work here. I've been here since October. I can look out at most of you that I know and and see how the Holy Spirit has been working in your life in this congregation. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's just a tip of what the Holy Spirit could actually do in this church. If we were able to put aside our own wants, our own agendas, our own desires, and open ourselves to the leading and the teaching of the Holy Spirit. I can only imagine what this church could become if we could do that. We're doing some good stuff, but we could be doing so much more making such a bigger difference in our community for those people who don't know the love of Christ. There's so many more ways that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. So as you leave this place, I want to leave you with two questions today. The first is, how are you doing at using the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to you? Are you maximizing them for the common good? Are you maximizing them for the advancement of the kingdom of God? And I'll have to tell you, this doesn't all have to happen through the church. You you can do it in your lives. You can do it in your workplace. You can use what the Holy Spirit has given you in those places as well. It's not exclusive to the church. As a follower of Jesus, it's your place to use those gifts wherever you go, wherever you are, whomever you're with. So the first question is, how are you doing at maximizing the gifts that the Holy Spirit has laid upon you? The second question is, what can we do as a church to allow more gifts to be used for the common good, for the advancement of the kingdom of God. So as you go from this place, I want you to ponder on those two questions. You have my email. If you've got some thoughts, I would be interested to hear them. 
But most importantly, I want you to think about, are you using the gifts that the Spirit has given you for the advancement of the kingdom of God? Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, let your Holy Spirit fall afresh upon us. Fill our hearts and our minds with a passion, with a fire, that we can go out into the world and be the hands and feet of Jesus in this community, that we can bring hope where there is despair, we can bring food where there is hunger, we can bring love when there is hate. Father, let your Holy Spirit come and fill this place and fill our hearts and minds. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.